The day the donuts disappeared from the quick trip, I knew we were in trouble. A fearless misfit tried to warn you. When you were trying to be cool, no lying, justifying all society's rules. God, politics, drug, sex, and yes, y'all, TED Talks from Jesus. We worship Les Paul, or maybe it's Prince. Ever since I got a new religion, I'm not so damn consumed with consumerism. Ain't it time we examine the facts, man? I stay sharp like the claws on Hugh Jackman, they real. And I feel like a fucking hero, duking her trunk, but don't touch De Niro. Living on the edge, taking acid at a kid's party. Sweating bullets full of caffeine, that shit. It's hardly a day's work and I'm talking my shit Cause I used to have it worse than Oliver Twist Dick Picks and John Wayne stories Man, my aura is your mom bumping Sepultura No quarter, tweeting at the end of the world Telling street jokes The illest motherfucker that you ever could meet, folks How do I sleep at night? Huh, comfortably Hope you're in the mood for some impolite company Simple like company. I'm your host, Chris Sierra. Welcome to another episode. Uh, let's get the politics out of the way up front so the people who hate my politics can just go ahead and skip this part. It makes it easier for them if I front load it. Uh, here are three people this week I think should shut up. One, Republicans, just in general. Like, maybe not completely. Like, you got to talk if you go to Starbucks to get your coffee. Uh, remember back in the day? When Republicans would never go to Starbucks? Remember when, like, America was so, like, the heart of America, the salt and light of the earth people, the Bible-thumping chosen few of the fire of Pentecost who knew they were going to heaven while everybody else burned in the fires of hell, removed from God's glory. Remember when those people refused to go to Starbucks? They would never do it. They're not going for any of that gay-ass Starbucks coffee, that venti, quad, half-calf, no-foam latte. They don't do that. They don't know those words. They don't think it should take 37 different phrases to order a coffee. They don't care. They, they don't understand. Why is it a tall, a grande, and a venti? Those aren't sizes. What happened to small, medium, and large? They're not going to do it. Starbucks is for the liberals. Starbucks was for the grunge kids from Seattle. and They were all just gay little foo-foos who didn't know how to play football and wanted to start bands. And America wasn't about that. Like America was about coffee, black coffee, cream and sugar. Get it in a small, medium, or large cup, probably with a free refill, right? Dunkin' Donuts did an entire media campaign on this. Like their entire advertising campaign was based around the fact that Americans hated the uh, pretentiousness of going to a Starbucks or a, which was just a stand-in for any coffee shop that wasn't a corner diner. And uh, Dunkin's like hired John Goodman to do the voiceovers for their commercials to say at Dunkin Donuts, we don't speak venti, we speak coffee or whatever the hell the slogan was. Uh, America runs on Dunkin and they speak coffee like any good American. And that's all they were going to drink, right? Uh, that was just a mere what, 15 years ago or so. I don't know, time is a flat circle. I've learned that from HBO. But however long ago that was, that was the nature of rural America. They were not going to adopt these big city ways around the Starbucks. And now, like, conservatives go to some Starbucks. I uh, drove to a show in Kansas City not that long ago and stopped off in rural Missouri. Uh, I, I don't know the town. I really don't. Uh, 
when I drive cross country or cross state, I pretty much plan two kinds of stops, right? The stops I got to piss at and the stops I got to fill my gas tank at. And they're not always the same. Uh, and if it's just a stop to piss, I make sure it's at the Starbucks because I also want some coffee and I know they're going to have a clean bathroom. I don't think Starbucks coffee is that great. It's just consistent. And I know if I'm on the road, I know what I'm going to get. And my order for coffee uh, in progression based on where I am is Starbucks. If there's no Starbucks, a Dunkin'. If there's no Dunkin', a Caribou. And then you just go crazy from there. And there's always a Panera. So whatever. You're someplace off the highway. Just Anyway, that's not the point. I stopped in a rural town in Missouri. And in the, in the parking lot, full of F-150s, Trump bumper stickers on them, truck nuts on some of them, Kid Rock hanging from the dashboard uh, just on a bobblehead. I don't know if that's probably in one of them. I didn't really look to see if there was a bobblehead version of Kid Rock probably saying something about trans people on it. But like, you know, those kind of pickup trucks just filling the drive through of the Starbucks, filling the parking lot of the Starbucks. You walk in and it is... It is a Toby Keith concert in that place. And that's great that they've moved in to adopt this coffee and they've stopped seeing it as like the gay alternative. When you look and see uh, someone who probably raided the Capitol on January 6th walking out with a venti frappuccino with whipped cream and extra sprinkles. um, And then his buddy's got a pink drink and they're just enjoying it without worrying about the fact they look like they might like go on a date together. That is social progress, even among that group of people. So when I say I wish Republicans would shut up, I mostly mean just about their politics on social media or in the press or uh, standing next to me in line somewhere, especially in that Starbucks. Uh, but if you got you got to talk in the star, I want you to order. I don't want you to stand there in front of the barista and just awkwardly stare at her and not like talk because I told you to shut up. Although you could have just mobile ordered, picked it up and left, right? Like that's a much easier transaction. The other two people are uh, people who are upset that Joe Biden is the nomination for Democratic uh, candidate for president. That Just shut up. We get it. You don't like him. It's, that's fine. You're not happy that he's running again. We, we totally understand. You don't need to keep telling us about it. And the third group of people that need to shut up are the people getting mad at the second group of people uh, for not being happy that Joe Biden is the uh, is the Democratic candidate for president. Like, shut up. The most of the people who are unhappy that Biden's going to be the candidate uh, are still going to vote for him. Uh, most of them aren't idiots. They just wanted someone who's going to make a little more progress fast. Somebody who might be more revolutionary in their governing. Um, someone who isn't like 80 something years old and that's understandable. So just lay off of them because what you're going to do is you're going to keep talking. You're going to piss them off enough to maybe vote for someone else. Like, I don't know, maybe Jill Stein will get in there and spoil an election again. So just shut up. those three people, those three groups of people also like, yeah, it's Biden. Like I'm sure somebody's sitting there and they're like, oh, but Marion Williamson's also uh, running for the nomination, and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is uh, is going to like wheeze and cough his way uh, into the ballot box. And like, okay, neither of those are serious contenders. No one. It's like the only person who has a chance in between those three people is Joe Biden. Uh, now that he's announced he's running. 
Of course, it's Joe Biden. What? Who are you thinking would be the Democratic presidential nominee? In what universe when Donald Trump is definitely going to be the Republican Party nominee? In what universe do you give up the incumbent advantage to put someone else up that's probably going to lose? You don't do that. You don't risk giving the country back to Trump. Just back down. Like, I get it. I think it's perfectly fine to not be excited. It's Joe Biden. There's nothing exciting about Joe Biden. Although he's doing an okay job if you look at the stuff he supports. If you look at the stuff he supports, Joe Biden is actually doing a fairly progressive job. But he's not doing it in such a flashy way that it gets press over him being old. And whether or not we should take the stuff with Hunter seriously. Um, and whatever else is going on anytime. But to, if you thought that they were going like, to be like, all right, well, Joe's going to back down and we're going to run uh, progressive McProgressiveson against Donald Trump because we're pretty sure that 51% of the country is going to agree with progressive McProgressiveson. I can't make up a good name. Uh, you're crazy. <laughs> like, you're legitimately certifiable. It's okay to not be excited about Joe Biden, but vote for him. Like, don't fucking stay home like an idiot. Like, thank God Bernie like, came out and said, oh, I'm not going to run. Oh, I am here to tell you again, I'm not going to run. Because, God damn it, if you split the vote, if you nader this, <laughs> it's not going to be great. I, I don't understand why that was such big news. Like, really, you don't give up the incumbent advantage to take a risk against an opponent that's definitely going to get something like 46% of the vote. Right, like the forty percent, six percent of this country that's made up equally of kooks and lunatics and cynical opportunists, opportunists, they are going to support Trump no matter what. Um, maybe, maybe it's to the chance of being DeSantis, um, but DeSantis, it, once he starts talking, nobody likes him. That's the problem. Like people like Trump. If Trump died right now, oh God, please. Please just take them. Take them. I don't even believe in you. But if Trump died right now as I'm recording this, I would totally start believing. Uh, no, if Trump died, then DeSantis maybe. But no, it's going to be Trump versus Biden. It's going to be a fucked up election. We're all going to hate it. It's gonna. We're going to be tired. We're going to be so fucking tired in 2024. Um, but yeah, you should expect it. You should want it to be Joe Biden too. You should not have even thought about swapping him out. Like if you did... You know what? Maybe I admire you for your commitment to your ideals, but uh, I am making fun of you for your lack of political acumen and strategizing. Like, don't get me wrong. I wish it was somebody way far more left. I am, as I get older, I am super lefty. Um, but I also think that you should prevent people like Donald Trump from getting power. And that's that's the case. And here's the thing, man. Joe Biden's old. That's the biggest criticism I keep hearing from him is how old he is. But unlike Ruth Bader Ginsburg, as old as Joe Biden is, when he dies, uh, another Democrat becomes president. We don't have to worry about a Republican Congress choosing his replacement. <laughs> so shut the fuck up about his age. It doesn't matter, man. The missiles are all coming anyway. We're 20 minutes away from doomsday. But I can't believe it was a big shock to people. So yeah, I get that you're not excited about it, but that's what you're, you want to, you want to be excited about something, be excited that Tucker Carlson's out of a job, right? Like as unexcited as you are that Joe Biden's going to be the Democratic presidential nominee, be excited that 
Tucker Carlson at least has to figure out the next way he's going to talk to white people um, about how they're the superior race. Like he's got to figure out a new platform for that. He can't just go on Fox News every night and get paid to do it. That's a thing to be excited over, at least for a short while. Like Tucker's not gone. Like he released that video from his bathroom or UV spa, whatever is really weird looking. Um, he did that, but he's not gone. He'll be back. This is politics now, man. You don't take unnecessary chances in American politics right now. It's not gambling. You can't, you're not at a roulette wheel. Um, you're not betting $5 on one number, hoping to get paid $150 or $180. Yeah. You're not doing that. That's not what's happening. Instead, you're banking on a crazy man getting the nuclear codes versus a tired old man getting the nuclear codes. I'd rather the tired old man get it. Like That's the gamble I want to take. I'm not looking to hang out in a nuclear casino for the next four years. Here's something I thought was interesting. Uh, I, I Googled, well, not Googled. I searched on Amazon. I Googled on Amazon. <laughs> I searched on Amazon gambling strategies around slot machines, right? I used the search term uh, slot machine strategies, and I limited it to just ebooks just ebooks and i came up with 482 titles you could download right now that are slot machine strategies right like everything in a casino is geared to take your money right but nothing more so than slot machines if you're playing blackjack you can count cards you can form a card counting team you can do things to skew the odds in your favor as long as you're sneaky about it if you're playing roulette, you could play enough combinations to kind of limit the chance you'll lose. But it costs a lot of money to do that. So if you do lose, you lose bigger than you could possibly win, right? If the if your if your chance of losing is small, the amount of winnings are small, like that. But you can skew the percentage. Uh, if you're playing poker, you're playing against other people, so that's all in your control, right? You just got to play better than them, right? Like all the table games, there are strategies you can follow. So I won't fault those books for existing, even though I think they're still mostly a ripoff that just bank on the fact that Americans believe in magical things and are bad at math. But a slot machine, there's no strategy. <laughs> there's nothing you can, there's absolutely nothing physically you can do to a slot machine uh, to affect the outcome, regardless of what myths or superstitions you believe. And I know there's a lot of them. I know there's a lot of superstitions about slot machines out there. I grew up uh, visiting <laughs> a family uh, once a month, twice a month sometimes, uh, where I heard every myth about a slot machine that uh, that poor people believe. And it's mostly poor people because they're the ones banking on becoming millionaires at that slot machine, right? That's what America, that's that's America, a slot machine and casino. <laughs> It's like the reality of what a casino is versus the myth of a casino. It's the reality of America versus the myth of America, right? Like the myth of a casino is it's Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. hanging out, drinking martinis and shooting the shit with Marilyn Monroe and JFK, right? It's it's still 1960 uh, in every casino in a pop culture or literature. Maybe you go see Celine Dion if you're in the modern age, whatever you do. Uh, in Vegas. That's not what a casino is. A casino is a slot machine, someone hooked up to an oxygen tank, smoking a cigarette, popping dollar after dollar into the machine and not getting anything out of it. There's no strategy there, right? Like, 
don't know. The myths are dumb. The myths are things like uh, if you sit at a if you sit at a machine long enough, it's got to pay you. Right. Like casinos advertise that their payouts 90 percent because they are legally required to make their math pay. (laughs) You can't have a slot machine that never pays. So like if they say it's 90 percent, though, that's not like 90 percent of while you're sitting there in most states and Missouri included where I live. That is 90% over the course of 10 million pulls. That's the life of a slot machine. After 10 million pulls, I guess it's dead. It doesn't have to pay you. (laughs) That's a lot of pulling, right? Like that person with that oxygen tank hooked up to him, they can't sit there for 10 million pulls. I I can't even do the math on what that would be, like how long it takes to press a button or pull a lever, right? Like So you could sit there all day and it doesn't have to pay you. And it's still mathematically accurate to say it pays 90%. What are the other myths? Uh, Some people believe if you pull the lever versus pressing a button, that matters. It doesn't. I looked all this up with uh, the trade association that makes slot machines. And then I verified it by going out to the states to look at the laws they've passed to guarantee this. So unless you believe there's a giant conspiracy where uh, states actually give casinos secret codes to get around those safeguards or casino so get those codes from the slot machine manufacturers who most aren't here in the States. So unless you believe there's a giant conspiracy, which then I can't help you, right? You probably also believe that liberals drink baby blood. But barring that conspiracy, every slot machine works on one premise. It's a random number generator. Uh, it's not even the button that matters, right? Like when you press the button, that's the random. The button press doesn't pull the random number. The button press stops that random number generator on a point. The random number generator is always kicking out a number every millisecond. And when you press the button, it like grabs that one and says, hey, is this a winner? And if it is, yeah. If it isn't, no. Every single pull runs the same generator. It has the same percentage. But Chris, sometimes when you start winning, you keep winning. Yeah, flip a coin. Right? Like if you flip a coin, you're going to have runs where you get like 13 heads in a row. That's not... That's not strategy. Like you didn't figure out like, okay, well, every 4,000 flips, I'm going to get 13 heads in a row because that's not how it works. Each coin toss has the same chance. They run hot or they run cold because it's a mathematical improbability that just happens. It's like when a roulette wheel pops up black 13 times in a row. It does happen. But every pull has the same chance of winning or losing. Uh, What else do they believe? Oh, there's some stupid things. People, Some people press the screen a lot during a spin, right? Like on the new video game slot machines, they will press the button to spin and then they will start tapping the screen to try and stop the reels at certain points. It doesn't matter. Can't do it. The reels don't even matter. (laughs) Again, it's a number that you don't see. You can't control. Anyway, watching people do shit like that. That's nuts. I like going there. Like if you got 20 or 30 bucks to spend and you don't mind it just being entertainment, right? Don't go out thinking you're going to win. If you got 30 bucks to kill, take it out there, find a machine with the lowest possible bet you can get. Like it's going to all going to say that the machine is a penny machine, but it's not. Like the penny is the denomination that it operates in, but on most of them the minimum bet's still a dollar. I don't even know if there are actual penny machines in most casinos. If they are, they're hard to find cuz they're not money makers, so they hide them. But if you got 20 or 30 bucks to kill and you want to be entertained, find a machine on a crowded night in a casino, sit there, put it in, play the lowest bet for a while, and just watch the people around you, like the crazy stuff they do. 
And just remember, none of it's for, none of it helps. None of the video graphics you see on the screen uh, that are purposely designed to make you think the next pull will win, right? Like it has every every icon on the screen says you won except for one. So they're like, oh, if I hit the button now, I'll get that one because that's what it's doing. That's designed to make you think that. The music that plays making you think, oh, you were one note away from a jackpot. It's designed to make you think that. It scratches that ADHD part of your brain that says next one, next one, next one. Hit it again, hit it again. Just watch all the craziness around you. Like, man, you'll see somebody like almost put their fist through a screen trying to tap it to stop the reels. But seriously, like over almost 500 bucks on slot machine strategies. That's America. Like that, nothing, nothing talks more to like the reality of America versus the myth of America than the American casino. Because it's the same thing, the myth of a casino versus the reality. I don't know, maybe when casinos were in Vegas only, they were fancier. Like, I've been to Vegas, and Vegas casinos, like, they're bigger. They're in uh, fake, fancy buildings, <laughs> right? Like, they're made to look like they're somewhere else. Um, but, like, most of the casinos out in the in the country, in the hinterland, um, they're not fancy. They're like Walmarts, man. Like, in Missouri, we used to require them to be on rivers. And uh, we got very loose <laughs> with the definition of what it means to be on a river. You don't have to be a boat. You can have a pond, well, body of water, I guess, not a river. Like you can divert a creek till it floods and becomes a pond and then just build a building right on top of it. And congratulations, you have a floating casino. It's America though, man. Americans love the chance to get rich quick, right? Like our myth is uh, you got to work hard your whole life, work for the factory, go in every day, work very hard, contribute to society. And that's what makes you rich. And we honor you. We don't honor that person, right? If you're liberal, you think that person that goes in and kills themselves working every day for the factory. Well, they were just a cog in a capitalist machine, a sucker who fell for the dream and just killed themselves for someone else to get rich. And if you're uh, conservative, for the most part, if you're being honest, you're like, well, that person should have started their own business. Of course, they didn't get rich working for someone else. Good on them for having a work ethic, though. <laughs> we don't celebrate that person. We do celebrate the Texas rancher who goes out to dig a hole to put a fence post in and all of a sudden has an oil well that turns them into billionaire and then they leave that money to their kids and their kids become assholes. We love that. We love a billionaire, especially if they, they make that billion doing nothing. <laughs> if you don't believe me, I mean, look at the crypto craze for the last couple of years, right? Like the goal of most new people getting into crypto markets is to buy something really cheap, have someone pump it on Twitter, and then sell really fast while it's high. And that over the course of like a long term, like a stock investment should be to get paid now. Like make it a thousand times what I paid and give it to me now. That's American. We like a get rich quick scheme and the casino gives you a chance for that. I don't know, four, 500 books on slot machine strategy, man. Like who reads these? And I looked through a couple of them because you can get free samples, right? And it's all just those kinds of myths, right? Like, it's all just things like that. One of them was, uh, if you win, cash out, wait a few seconds, and then put cash back into the machine. So it thinks you're a different person, and you'll win again. Because the machine assumes that the person who just put cash in, it's a new gaming session, and they got to hook you to get you to spend more money. <laughs> so bullshit. Best way to win is not to play, obviously, right? That's trite, but I like it. It's fun. Like I like to play blackjack mostly. Uh, not because I'm super good at it, not because I have a system in it, but you can follow basic strategy and play for a long time, and it's entertaining. 
mostly entertaining to watch uh, frat dudes get really pissed off when some new person sits at a table, doesn't know how to play, and starts hitting on the stupidest things and watching the frat dudes get really aggravated because they're like, that would have been the dealer's card. Fuck you, it's gambling. Leave the table. Let the person have fun. Anyway, I don't even know why I'm talking about casino. Oh, I do remember because in the last episode I talked about the death of 24-hour culture. And uh, it's not 24 hours. I mean, the casino is, but um, what I'm going to say is uh, I found a place to get like pho at midnight or one in the morning, depending on the day. And that's in our uh, local casino. There's like one of those pan-Asian places that have Kung Pao chicken, pho, and pad thai <laughs> on the same location. And they're open late and they sell it out of the casino. So if you don't mind, like at night, if you're done in an open mic... You can drive out there. So maybe maybe your home casino has a late night food option if you're not in, if you're not in Vegas. Of course if you're in Vegas they got late night food options. But it is fun to people watch it though. Like it's the last place you can smoke indoors in uh Missouri at least. And I like I hate that you can smoke in it. That's how they fought that too. Like when uh, all the smoking bands went in place, they fought well casinos write their own laws in most states anyway. I worked for a state uh lobbyist when I was in college, uh, who represented one of the casino, one of the larger casino companies to set them up in Missouri at the time. And, uh, it, they basically write their own laws. They send it to a legislator. Uh, the legislator gets a donation and goes, okay, well, this looks good. I don't know anything about casinos and you guys are the experts. So then they pass it. And that's what, like when they first opened, you could only lose like $500 an hour or a day. I can't remember which, but there was a $500 loss limit at a casino. And uh, the, they let them get around it by taking a building, dividing it into multiple sections, and calling each section its own casino. So if you lost $500, you walk next door, and you could lose another 500 Now we don't even have that. We got rid of that. We were like, oh, a lot of people play. All because you can get tax money for children, right? <laughs> that was the myth we sold them. Just like the lottery. We were like, oh, all this money is going to go to the kids for education. And it doesn't. All they do is they pull the money out of the general budget. They take money that was there for education already. They take that and they give that to their friends who own like construction companies and they go off and do projects that never get built, but everybody gets the money and then the, the legislator gets a nice kickback from it. And then they fill that hole with the casino money. <sighs> I don't like I said, they go get noodles. <laughs> it's a pretty bleak outlook to get from just talking about noodles, I guess. But they're good noodles. Well, this is kind of related to that, I guess, because uh, I mentioned that you can smoke in a casino and how much I hate smoking uh, around me. I mean, whatever. If you want to smoke on your own, I don't care. It's just I don't want to be next to it. But, you know, whatever. Public place and they got a they got a rule saying that you can. So I don't fight it. But uh, we in Missouri, in our past election cycle, we passed recreational marijuana. Uh, so you don't need a prescription to get it. You can just go get it. And like, here's an unpopular opinion. I think we failed the test. I think, uh, at least in Missouri and most states I've been to where you can get it, um, they should make it illegal again. It's, it's just, and then not for any like health reason or societal reason, or because I think it's a sin or Jesus is going to be mad about it, but mostly because people stink now, right? Like it, there is no pleasant smelling place in most American cities where marijuana is completely legal for recreational purposes. You guys failed the test. We gave it to you. We said, go ahead, man. Do it in private. Do it in your home. Sell it. Buy it. Don't go to jail for it. That's awesome. 
And you guys are like, all right, well, now we're just going to do it everywhere. And you can't get away from it. And there is nothing I hate more than the smell of weed. Like the main reason I like edibles is because you don't have to smell them. You just eat them, and then 20 minutes later, you freak out because they were way stronger than you thought. And then you still eat the same gummies every day, no matter how much you freak out. It's it's fun. But, like, man, you guys are just clouds of pot smoke walking everywhere you go. Like, when I'm in traffic, I can smell the pot that the person two cars in front of me is smoking because they're smoking out so much that it's just... That hangs over the entire street when traffic starts again. Uh, if it's at a stoplight, you failed. You failed the test. This is the only time in human history where if I had a time machine and I plucked someone out of medieval Europe and brought them to St. Louis, Missouri at 2023, the person from medieval Europe would wonder why everybody smells so bad. And that's a person who did not have access to clean water for showering. Uh, there are cities where I guess there are lawsuits now because of it. Like it, it got pretty serious, but where restaurants tried to ban people who smelled too much like pot smoke from coming into their restaurant because they're high end restaurants where chefs work really hard to make food taste a certain way. And when someone's sitting at their table eating a steak and you walk by smelling like a skunk fucked a marmot, um, it ruins the taste of the steak. <laughs> and, uh, when it was medical marijuana, people were like, you can't do that. That violates the ADA. Like, those people have medication they have to take, and you're just being all mean to them. <laughs> it's like, dude, you fucking stink. Stop it. Stop it. I, I hate it. I hate it. I'm not going to lie. I don't care if this makes me old. This makes me curmudgeonly. Uh, if this makes me agree with a Republican for once in my life uh, since high school. I, I hate it. We got to make it illegal again. We got to take it away from you. I'm sorry. We tried, man. We thought you would. We thought you would be responsible with it, but and it, it just you smell bad, and everything around you smells bad. We got to. You can get ketamine mailed to your house. Do that. That's kind of fucked up when you think about it. Like I was scrolling through Facebook. Uh, I don't really post on Facebook anymore, but uh, to manage my uh, to manage my comedy page, you have to have a personal account. So every now and then I still scroll through and I look at people's posts. And uh, one of the ads it served up to me was for in-home ketamine therapy. All right, that I can get behind. For one, if everybody does a bunch of ketamine, I can't smell it. <laughs> so that's great. I thought it would be a bunch of IV bags that they send you and you had to have a medical tech come out and hook it up to you. But no, it's oral route ketamine. Just mail to your house as a treatment for depression and anxiety. Work through those issues. And it's one of those internet outfits where you give them all your information and then they hook you up with a video conference with a doctor. And that doctor uh, is like, okay, yeah, yeah, and you look like you need ketamine. And then they mail you ketamine. <laughs> I don't know why more people aren't doing that. Like, I don't understand why you're driving around smoking pot when you could be home popping ketamine and just sitting for a minute, like falling down that K-hole, watching like the tunnel close around your eyes and then open back up. That's, man, that's a different world. Like, it used to be if you wanted ketamine, you better know a veterinarian. And you better be ready to hang out with a veterinarian, right? Like, they don't just give you ketamine. You got to party with a veterinarian for a few days. Because they're lonely people. Because nobody likes to hang out with veterinarians. They're usually boring. They just want to do a bunch of things with gerbils. And they have, like, access to an infinite number of gerbils. <laughs> but then you got ketamine out of it. And you just hung out and, like, took horse tranquilizer. That's awesome. Now you just say you're sad and you get it. 
And I, I know it's depression and like, right. Like I'm just, I'm mad. I'm looking at my Wellbutrin that I take each morning. I'm going, why aren't you kidding me? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll sign up and try and get it and then do it and then record myself talking while I do it. Oh, man. I watched the uh, Bill Maher uh, interview with uh, Elon just because not because I like either of them. It was like I was doing something on YouTube and it was like the next suggested clip. My YouTube suggestions for the next thing I should watch are all fucked up anyway because I hate watch too many things. Right. Like, I watch too many things just to see some bullshit somebody said uh, to where YouTube thinks that's what I want to see now. Like, Ben Shapiro's all over my fucking YouTube suggestions. Just because Ben Shapiro is one of those people that I have this theory that there are a few people who are famous just because they're what dumb people think smart people sound like. And Ben Shapiro is one of those because he's the classic embodiment of this American belief now that speaking fast and louder than somebody is the same thing as being smarter than them and winning a debate. And that's all Shapiro's good at is finding, uh, finding high school and college kids who aren't as like trained to debate as him. And then like steamrolling them in a conversation and not giving them a chance to think about what they say. I've watched too many goofy, terrible things that guy has done, uh, just so I can solidify my hate for him. And now it's all over my suggestions. And apparently, once you have Ben Shapiro in there, you, you're not too far off from Jordan Peterson and then Bill Maher. Um, Bill Maher is just like, man, the last 20 years, that guy is just, I don't know. I'll smoke better weed, I guess, if it's still legal where you live. Uh, but man, that interview with Eon, it was suggested. And I was like, I'm curious. I'll do it. It's recent, so... At least I'll get to hear Elon try and say why he isn't destroying Twitter. Like, why it's not a plane on fire that he's just dousing with gasoline. And uh, don't at me if you're an Elon fan. <laughs> like, I get it. A lot of people want to suck Elon's dick. And they think by by white knighting for him, he's going to come fuck them. And he's not, man. He's he's probably paying other people to fuck him, like, to where he doesn't need you. He probably doesn't need you defending him. But I get it. This is America. And if you're a billionaire, we love you. We want we want to think you're like you're a billionaire because you're brilliant and we can be billionaires, too, even though that's statistically improbable. Yeah. Elon and Bill Maher together. That is a stroke fest for narcissists like they were just don't know why they didn't just reach their hand down each other's pants and stroke each other off because. That is basically what they were doing verbally. Like, it was all like, I like your show, Bill. I'm a good comedian, so I threw comedy in with this. And maybe we can have fun and be comedians together. I know I got booed at Dave Chappelle's concert. And the Bill Maher's like, you're just a really nice guy. And everybody gives you a bad rap. Because you like to hear opinions that are different. Like, you don't think people should be eradicated. But you do want um, someone to be able to express that... Maybe we should discuss if they should be eradicated. <laughs> like it was, it was just like softball after softball lob that Elon and Elon responded by just slobbing and slobbing to, and it was, it was, it was gross. It was pornographic. Uh, I mean, it was hard for me to watch all twenty something minutes of it, but I did from start to finish because I'm a trooper for that. I'm on your side. All of this stuff is so performative and tiring. As long as we had to listen to conservatives talk about liberals being performatively, quote-unquote, woke. And they weren't totally wrong, right? There are a lot of people who give lip service to being pretty socially progressive who, in actuality, are terrible people um, and do performative things just so we give them bonus points. But as much as conservatives say liberals do that, 
it seems like that's all conservative politics is right now, right? Like conservative politics is making sure that you drink from the tea of Trump, you hate trans people, and you're getting rid of abortion. Like you do those three things and we're going to let you do whatever else. Well, protect guns, obviously. You can't. But you do those things and then you can do whatever else you want. Like no one's paying attention to what else conservatives are doing. Whatever else is happening in these state houses where they're running amok with their anti-trans legislation right now, no one's paying attention to the other bills they're passing. And there's some scary shit in there, man. And we're going to find out next election. We're finding out now in preparation for the next election where state legislatures and attorney generals are just going to make it impossible for uh, one particular party to be driven out of power. So keep watching, I guess. I talked up top about how conservatives in rural America are adopting Starbucks culture and making it part of their everyday life, even though it was once considered like a weak soy boy liberal kind of thing to do. And it's not just Starbucks where that's happening, right? Think of how many television shows where the blue collar working family made fun of people who ate sushi just a mere 20 years ago. Think of how many of those shows made fun of tofu or almond milk or some milk that's not dairy. Like they all made fun of these newer, strange things that more urban people were getting because that's where the market opened for them first. That's where companies drop their new products that are going to be a little strange. They drop them there first and it works its way out of the cities from there. And all those shows, all these heroes of the working class made fun of those products. I remember watching, I made fun of those products, right? I grew up in a time where like you said dumb things like real men don't eat quiche, right? Because God forbid you should enjoy an egg pie. That's all. Like, if somebody had sat me down as a kid and explained to me that a quiche is just an egg pie, I would have eaten it all the time. I don't think I ate a quiche until I was in my 30s. And I was like, holy shit, it's an egg pie. Why have I not been eating this egg pie? And you can make it taste like pizza. You make one, you throw in a bunch of pizza stuff with your eggs. You got pizza egg pie. So anyway, it was like a bunch of stupid shit like that that we used to say. And look in those small towns now. In those small towns, there are sushi restaurants. There are Thai restaurants where people go and get pad thai. And don't they don't pick out the tofu and go, oh, gross. There are... People in rural America who realize that sometimes it's nice not to shit your pants after you drink your morning coffee because you put cream in it. Like we're all lactose intolerant as adults. And look, now you've got options that don't give you the little bubble guts that your uh, your co- your coffee is giving you in the morning. Even if you don't go to Starbucks, if you're just going down to the gas station and getting that tall quick trip cup of coffee and dropping some creamer into it. And you like ha- you like half and half. You can now get like almost an equivalent of half and half without any lactose in it. And then have a nice comfortable morning. You'll still use the bathroom because that's what coffee does, but it won't be quite so urgent. All that stuff has made it out into the smaller towns, out of the cities, and has just become a normal part of life. And as those objects and those items and products became more normalized, maybe the points of view stand a chance to do the same. Maybe here in Missouri, uh, where you got two, maybe three cities that are a little more progressive than the rest of the state. Maybe the thoughts and ideas in those cities that are so reprehensible to conservatives now, some of those will work their way out. I'm not telling you that the Republican state senator who runs a horse farm and is currently talking about how 
trans people are demons that need to be expelled from society. I'm not saying they're ever going to be on the right side of history, but maybe they'll shift a little bit. Back uh, in the 90s, Will and Grace was on TV, and it was the 90s, right? So you only had your basic television networks, cable networks. That's where you got your entertainment. There was no streaming services. There were no like niche news networks. You just had the basic news networks, and you had your entertainment networks. And Will and Grace was on, and Will and Grace was a very controversial show considering how milk toast it is today, right? Like, you look at Will and Grace today, and you're like, there's really not much progressive about this show. Uh, it's pretty bad. And there's a lot of shit you can't get away with today. But at the time, it was normalizing relationships between gay people and straight people on television. And over the course of his run, a lot of people who would never have talked to a gay person uh, watched that show and just sort of shifted how they felt about your average gay like, they would tell you about gay people as a group. Oh, I don't like how they're all flamboyant out in the streets and blah, blah, blah. But then they also tell you, man, that Jack, that's a really cool character. I would like to live next door to Jack. He seems real nice. So you shifted them at least on an individual by individual basis. And I think we could have made more progress with uh, subversive shows like that that just sort of slip in characters who fit the societal norms of what's emerging now. Except the internet came along and social media let us all live in the same bubble where now our entertainment doesn't guide us, but we guide our entertainment. And there doesn't have to be that progress because you got options. If Will and Grace came out today, no one, well, I mean, they re-released it, but hardly anybody watched it, right? Except for they're already fans. In a vacuum, if Will and Grace came out today, the only people who watched it would be people who already saw homosexuals as humans there wouldn't have been that shift in opinion because the people who would be offended by the mere existence of gay people would have a million other options they would never have to dial in it would not be their only choice on television other than a news channel instead they could go to any of the myriad of streaming services they have that cater to their needs they could watch any show that already fits their political views and they never have to have their beliefs challenged and that's sad to me so we don't have that with tv and entertainment anymore the only thing we do have it with are consumer goods with starbucks and sushi and tofu and almond milk and lactate and shit like that I don't know what the moral there is. Like, I don't think capitalism's going to save us from this. We're not going to do the equivalent of dropping McDonald's into Moscow and bring down the Berlin Wall with it. But there's got to be something. There's got to be some way. Meh. That's just a dumb closing thought. Me pretending I'm philosophical. And uh, instead of experiencing some caffeine nervosa and ready to go to bed, it's like 4.30 in the morning now. Uh, as I record this, probably not as you listen to it. I don't think most people listen to these at 4.30 in the morning. I could check. I'm pretty sure the analytics tool of the thousand or so people who listen to this would tell me what time they listen to it if I wanted to dig into it. I do look at the globe on the analytics and mostly Midwest with some coastal people, two Australians, two people in the UK, and a couple people in France. And that's probably just because my last name is French. 
I'm out, man. I'm in town for the next couple weeks here in St. Louis. So there'll be a few more episodes before I hit the road. And then who knows what happens from there. But we'll be back at least by next month. The new cycle of recording in the new studio is going pretty well. If you follow us on any of the streaming services, you'll notice that the directory has changed. We've pulled down a lot of old episodes, just kind of clearing out the library. There's no reason anybody needs 200 hours of my voice available. So we're leaving up the best of episodes. They are either episodes that have the highest play count or they're episodes where people have messaged me and said, I really like that one. I've saved those and I'm archiving the rest. But the best of Impolite Company are all the old episodes from the first four years we did this. A couple of the episodes from like the just the one-offs that we did during the hiatus. So if you look and you're wondering why it's different, that's why. Also, we th- we're throwing these up on YouTube now, so you can follow us on YouTube and you can listen there if that's more your jam. Right now, it's just a still image of the cover photo for the podcast. Like it's not my head uh, saying this shit. Like it might be soon. Keep getting told that's what people want to see. I'm like, no one wants to see that. No one wants to see my crazy eyes. Uh, recording this at three in the morning in high def on their phone. <laughs> that seems terrifying to me, but we'll see. Who knows what'll happen? Anyway, follow us on social media. Follow the Impolite accounts and get updates about our live shows in St. Louis and wherever at Impolite STL on Instagram or Facebook. We don't have a Twitter because Elon Musk is a piece of shit. You can follow me personally, Chris D. Sear on Instagram and uh, the Chris Sear on facebook and the chris sear on youtube and yeah you could see some clips of my stand up there mostly booking clips nothing super exciting if you want the exciting stuff buy my album it's hard to buy an album these days i get that i try to post a link link to the buy album page in itunes and uh, it automatically takes you to stream it on apple music same thing with amazon like you cannot link somebody to a purchase option for an album these days so yeah, if you track through all the clicks and want to buy it, buy it. Otherwise, just stream it and listen to it and tell me you liked it. Or, shit, send me a message telling me you hated it. At least at least I'll know what you think. <laughs> anyway, it's adult child or child parents. There's a link up at ChristopherSear.com. ImpoliteCompany.com will take you to the same pages. Yeah, it's a nice big internet circle. That's it. Our uh, theme song was written by Lifestyle and Kanata Smith. Find them on all of your streaming services. You can buy their music on Bandcamp. Support local artists. Until then, no gods and no masters. Same shit, different day, no slogan. <laughs>